1: Yeah, Ricky. Sick. We're here. We made it. Yeah,
0: man. Good to see you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, man. Thanks
0: Thanks so much for having me on. I'm stoked.
1: No, stoked too, man. Uh, No worries. Uh, I guess we'll start it off is where are you right now?
0: In uh, St. Pete, Florida. What's the backdrop? born and raised. Uh, It's a little setup that I have in my garage, just kind of if I do Zooms or or whatever, because I have a 15-month-old at home right now.
1: Yes. Yeah, and it's
0: just, it's the safest, safest play because it, it could be unpredictable. So, just out of respect for the sound, it could, could get noisy real quick if I was in my office inside. Oh,
1: dude, no worries. I got a dog. Yeah. So they, they fucking have been barking on the podcast for years, dude.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I was like, you know what? It could be, could work out good where there's some like good organic uh, sounds that come through, but I like chilling out here anyways. It's kind of my, my little, uh, quiet space sometimes, you know?
1: Yeah. That's sick. Um, so you're from Florida.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Born and raised born, or what? born and raised? Yeah. Born and raised in, uh, St. Pete.
1: Oh, nice man. Tell me a bit, bit about St. Pete I've been, but just like as a visitor for a day or two, I never grew um, up there.
0: Dude, there's so much now. It's like, it's crazy growing up into a, in a place that you literally watch, blossom over the years i mean like for example when i grew up skateboarding it you know in downtown st pete it was pretty much our skate park there was no skate parks um, at that time before the spot opened, and there was a few other random things but dude on sunday there was one business, I think maybe no two businesses open a little market and a liquor store to like kind of convenience store type thing. Yeah, and everything was closed downtown pretty much standard in St. Pete. A lot of businesses were closed on Sundays, so it was like man, street skating was epic at that time. But now, dude, as a visitor, there's so much stuff to do here. They're like the Dolly Museums, all types of rad museums downtown St. Pete, just the. Uh, if it's like a couple day visit um that kind of stuff but in terms of skating it's there's parks in every direction i mean it's to the point where you like have to decide where to go There's so it's crazy it's it's a totally different that's a good problem that's a good problem yeah yeah (laughs) super grateful and the the main skate park, St. Pete um, skate park, is it's just it has everything. So happy about that place.
1: How would you how do you get into skating in St. Pete?
0: Um, so I was bike racing for a long time and like heavy into BMX. And I don't even know who did it, but like it was one of my brother, older brother's friends had a like a used Bear Flex or something like that, Sick. and he let me ride it they had a crazy six foot half in the back of their yard with, it was like when people really didn't know how to build ramps, they just would just, it was a full on foot avert. the transitions weren't right they weren't really <laughs> like it just didn't make sense it sounds like a flat
1: sounds like a proper backyard ramp dude. oh
0: dude it was hectic <laughs> so i just like i started skating i'd be around a little bit here and there and then um i was still bike racing i was heavy into that and i found myself i would be at national races where like plate numbers were on the line and stuff you know and uh we so- racing now
1: So bike racing, it's just, like, on a track? It's not, like... Yeah, yeah. Like is there jumps?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, jumps. You start at a starting gate, and it's, like, you go around a little, like, track. Yeah, that
1: that was so sick when I was a little kid. uh, I lived in Arizona for a little bit, and that was kind of big out there. Like, people would be doing the dirt BMX racing and stuff.
0: Dude, it was fun. And um, how I got in that, I was watching a friend race, and I, was like, grew up poor and stuff, so I didn't really, like, have access to a lot of things, but... He was racing and I was with him and I, we went into the bathroom and he let me use his gear and just was like, dude, just go out on the track. I had no clue what I was doing. I'm like, this little kid went out on this crazy BMX track, wasn't even supposed to be doing it and his dad noticed. He's yeah. like, hey, if you're going to do that, I'll get you a bike, whatever. So anyways, back to the skating thing, I brought the board I had one weekend to a race or I started bringing it to races so I'd be just like skating in the parking lot. And then, um, like almost missed one of my motos, they call them the races, one, one big race. Cause I was out skating. So soon after that, I decided to stay home for the weekend. Cause I would race Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon. I was just in this mode to get points or, or whatever for the circuit. It's like and, rad, um, rad BMX. Yeah, yeah, you know, like- <laughs> yeah. It was wild, man. It was fun. I had a lot, I enjoyed it. And so one weekend I decided to stay home from racing to skate and that was it that weekend I was like I it was like I already had a connection to skateboarding and I liked it but then when I gave myself to it for that whole weekend I that's all I wanted to do from there on out I just it was it I
1: know that moment mm-hmm. like, well, where you're just like, it consumes you and you're, you're like, this is all I want to do and all I'm going to do. Like I did, yeah. I had a moment like that too, where I was just like, yeah, mm-hmm. everything else doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> you just mm-hmm. so you're like, it was fun. It was cool. It was child's play. And then you like get into the skating thing. Yeah. Again.
0: Life I mean, is people like, that do it. Yeah. It's like, that's it. It just, man, I was, um, and I'm, you know, I'm forever grateful for that person who, let me use that board and gave me the board and then um yeah from there man it was that was like just like you said it's all that's all i could think about the you know, skate in the morning before school at middle school hell yeah have my board with me skate right at, it was just like total consumption it's I weird because it's like,
1: like it. once you it's that moment is like you realizing this thing takes like you have to pay so much attention to it and like get <sighs> Is immersed in it. You're like, Oh, this is the hardest. Like, it's a good challenge. You know, I think yeah. that's what it is. It pulls people in.
0: And it's, it's that steady desire for progression, regardless of where you're at. You're like, it, some reason in your mind, you can do it, but it's so hard to do whatever you're working on or, or whatever. But it's, that is, it just like you feel it. And it, it's like this continued cycle of, one thing just goes to another thing and you're like piecing this puzzle together of, and you're just following it. And, um, so yeah, man, I, I love that. I love that part about skateboarding, man. It was something that really gave me that channel and outlet. And, uh, I love it just the same now.
1: Yeah, man. I, uh, well, I was like reading your book and first, I think it's just sick that you've been writing books. Like that's awesome, man. That's cool. It makes me want to ask you how you did in school.
0: Um, dude, it was weird, like. So my father left when I was around eleven or twelve, and you know it was a total like dysfunctional, uh, abusive environment and relationship with that him and my mother had. And then my mother just went from one abusive relationship to another. So that like home life was chaotic.
1: You know? Hey, let me and, let um, me say I can relate to that, so I'm with you on that one.
0: Yeah. Yeah
1: and um same thing like dad and my mom was a mess and my dad left around the same time like yeah crazy. yeah
0: i i appreciate that you can relate but i'm sorry that you have to relate that's it's all because it, like the respect dude, man the, <laughs> yeah the journey that comes with it man it sucks it's a lot of growth it's a lot of growth
1: when it comes on at like 12 and it's like heavy adult stuff and you kind of long for the ride (laughs) you know yeah yeah
0: so i i I did this talk the other day at a high school and it was like a it's a transitional like kids who are sort of on the fence uh needing to get caught up to graduate it's a it's not a gd program but it's similar so they're just like trying to get whatever kids have gone through a lot so I was there and I was talking about my, my background and story and like a share part of that dysfunction. And I got stabbed when I was younger, like this, the whole thing. And so after I'm done, I ask how many of you in the room can relate. And dude, it's like where I was more than half. I'm almost everyone raised their hand and I got so like choked up because it, it, bothered me so much to see that so many of them could relate and and because you know when you're that age and you're dealing with becoming an adolescent like process in life and trying to figure it out but then you don't have that like like that foundation behind you that structure of support and love and guidance it's dude it's heavy man yeah and like... I, I i feel like i have so much uh, compassion and a lot of like pain to feel or t- understand that like those young people are going through it because it's like I said it's not cool it's not fun it's on cre- any level
1: it's cool that you're talking to kids man because for me it, it seems to help to like talk things out and try to understand things and relate to people you know like yeah and the fact that you got that feedback of like more than half it makes you feel less alone even though that's not like the yeah. goal it's not the goal, but nah. it's at least like with the with like those situations, like depression tends to creep in. But if you don't feel so lonely, you know, yeah, it's not for unless, sure, man, this is deep. At least,
0: and, and you know, at that age, um, you're not talking about it with everyone. It's not like you're like you you kind of keep it. You're sort of ashamed of it, so it's not you're not at least for me. I wasn't open about anything, and it's it's nice, like you said, for them to feel. A sense of belonging and understanding like yeah i'm not the only one dealing with this and it's not something i'm doing wrong because i took on a lot of blame for myself like man what it's my fault or what's you know it's all types of mental stuff
1: i still battle with that like today i was thinking about my mom and my relationship with her and i was just like i felt kind of like upset about it because i'm like I always think there's things I could have done or should have done or how I could have been better, but I forget like the roles are reversed. Like she's the adult, was the kid in the situation. So it's like, it's hard to forgive myself for just being a kid, you know?
0: Yeah. In that situation, you know? I feel you there. Yeah. So So, um, like back to the writing. uh, Oh yeah. That's how I was doing school. So I first year I stopped school in seventh grade. I was just like, man, there was stuff going on with some weird things with my dad and like trying to avoid that. And like there was some uh, situations that I had to stay up all night to kind of protect my mom. And um, like wild stuff, being a young kid with full on like kitchen butcher knives taped to them and broomsticks waiting for people to come in that weren't supposed to be there, you know. And um, So so I stopped going to school and my mom dropped out in middle school so she wasn't pushing me to go on like at all she was just like I was doing my thing and then the next year something inside of me knew I just had to go to school it's like I need to do this for myself and I had a lot of like behavioral issues but I got really after maybe like eighth grade I had a, a teacher really touch me and she pulled me aside. the side and she saw the like potential in me and pretty much gave me this heart to heart, like, look, you're just wasting your your potential and you think it's cool to do But, like kind of called me out. It was a this woman that was really powerful at that point in my life that helped me change like kind of see it was rather right she's dude, like a
1: positive example of an adult trying to be yeah. positive, you know.
0: Yeah, it was like the first time an adult like really was real, like they were real with me and they got, like got me and she connected with me and so after that I got serious about school man I did bad I got in a lot of fights and things like that from a behavioral standpoint but in terms of like folks on school I, I started to do really, really well. Do you think um, the fights?
1: Do you think the fights were that you weren't processing your emotions and the things that were going on? Because it's uh, a lot to handle, so it came out just aggressive, like aggressive. Dude,
0: for sure, man. Like, so it was like this. I would skate and pour everything I could into skating, but then, no matter how much I like f- like poured everything that I was processing through into skateboarding, I still had stuff left over that I didn't know I didn't have any like emotional tools to try to process and work through so what what I became was someone who reacted to any opportunity to engage in violence because I felt better when I was in that moment of rage and like I felt like I was less alone but it was like it was a weird demented thing where if I was hurting someone it was like they were feeling pain too, so I wasn't alone anymore. And not that that was healthy in any level, but I didn't know how to start processing.
1: No, that kind of reminds that kind of reminds me of my mom. Like her behavior, she would like yeah. others to feel like alive, sort of, you know. And yeah, it was like a sick little game we played. <laughs> it's not good. It's
0: no, and so to bring it to the uh, writing, I because of that, because of who I was at the time and how quickly I react to confrontation with violence, I would, I'd never really like, like be like a little back and forth in someone's face. I just, my response was just to hit people. If that ever got to that point, it was just that, that edge was so close for me. Yeah. Um, And then I ended up getting stabbed nine times when I was 17 in a, a street fight. And that was, full-on like heavy and we could talk about it if you want but it was super I'm, heavy
1: i'm down and that's like a sign for sure that things aren't going correctly <laughs> if you're getting yeah, stabbed dude because yeah. that's like that takes a level of fuckery unless sometimes it happens random but like you have to like get up mixed up in some shit to get that to
0: happen dude, for I, sure. I mean i was man like i was in getting mixed up in a lot of crazy scenarios where that happened to be where i got stuck but uh, there were many times where guns in my face and just whatever, because we were, you know, I was hanging out with some people that I think a lot of us, we were in, in so many uh, lo- on so many levels, the same on how we reacted to situations. So those comp, those like m- people, too many of those people mixing together turns into this sense of power that you're like, there, no matter where we are, who it is, we're not like, we're not going to take anything from anyone. Whatever party it was, whatever, and that would always turn into some wild situations where it's like, if we were mature, we were smart. Like as I would handle things now, it wouldn't even—I wouldn't even engage. But there was there was no barrier of entry for there, like fights.
1: Those situations are weird too. Cause it's like when a lot of misguided people or people that don't have their emotions in check and like clear thinking yeah. get together, it's like misery loves company. You're like all yeah. mis- miserable. So you just want to escalate it. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I've been there.
0: <laughs> and, and, you know, like it starts to become part of your identity. And you know, we all started to have an image that we had to uphold it had to be like, I was that dude that, you know people would look at me in situations to be that person that's gonna start a fight or or whatever it is so it's just you start to get at a young age you get caught up in that identity and i was all wrapped up in that but anyways the um
1: this is good with the background Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, this is a, uh, just to pull us back to the writing, it's like, this is all good stuff. <laughs> you have yeah, some yeah. experience that, to write about.
0: <laughs> well, that's where it all comes. You'll see it comes full circle. And, um, but being that way, there was a, a thing that happened in Ebor city in Tampa. And there was like a few people walked up to a couple of us and there was no like, they, they they mistake us for someone else from, from what we gather. But anyways, there was no like conversation about like like, a dude came up and said something to one of my friends. And before like, that was it. Just one couple of words were said. And my friend just like, he had a sprinkler head in his hand from earlier because we almost got into a fight before that. And he just whacked the dude like, boom. So I'm like, all right. (laughs) once that happens if they're fighting i'm fighting it's just we'll figure out the details later so i hit the guy that was next to him there were a few uh, another dude behind over against the wall he came at me with a beer bottle broke it over the back of my head and then there were a group of people across the street that were also with these dudes they came over at us and we all just started splitting up turning this chaotic situation in a like a busy street there were cars parked full-on, like, big crowd around. Oh, I've been,
1: I've been to Ebor when it's, like, bumping oh, so in. the yeah. chaos. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Tampa Ams, dude, and even some other times.
0: <laughs> so imagine Ebor on, a, like, a busy Saturday night, all the traffic stopped, and we're in this fight. I didn't know who was against me, who, like, I was fighting. It was this crazy scenario <laughs> that just broke off, and I got backed up in the corner against, uh, with probably, like, eight, ten dudes in front of me. And... I started to fight my way through that group because in my mind, I'm like, I'm not going to let them get me against this wall. And just like pretty much I, like I have, there's I have to get out of this situation. It wasn't good to be against the wall with these people coming at me. Cause it easily just got me in a bad situation, you know, corner. Worst, worst thing is
1: your yeah. back against the wall, man. Ooh, for
0: real, man. <laughs> so I'm like, I got to get out of this. And I just started fighting my way through the group. And as I was fighting my way through the group, someone like pulled my shirt and I felt my neck go back. Someone, I, shanked like pretty much i felt something going to my back my side they just started stabbing me The group was just i don't know if it's one person all of them had nice i don't know but i ended up out of that full-on like did you shirt, did you off. realize
1: did you realize why it was happening what was happening
0: it was kind of like being hit with a bat it wasn't because you know they're just like boom boom it wasn't i didn't feel necessarily sharpness because it was happening like so quick but then when i looked i got out i looked down and was just see blood everywhere i was like yeah. oh shit night and they night. just survival kicked in and then long story short like we ended up all getting out of there one of my friends was cut across his stomach the other friend was like um how had his uh arms like this and when they came out there was blood spraying out because he was stabbed in the lung and i guess it was kind of punctured so it was pushing. Oh, shit. The, um, long story short, we end up at the, at the hospital. Before that, I'm laying in this parking lot waiting for the ambulance to come because there's this uh, uh, cop that we saw down the street that our my friend kind of rescued us, got us out of there. Got two of us out of there. One just jumped in the car with a stranger. Um, like, dude, we didn't know. But I was at that point, I was freaking out. I was still like, dude, I don't know who you are. Like, I'm not, I'm not, wasn't in it feeling good to get in the car with anyone but my friend was he was cut open so bad he was just whatever like i gotta get out of here it's a real emergency yeah yeah and um so i'm laying in this parking lot next to my friend and i'm holding my hands like this because they kept fluttering and then my head my mind was like if your eyes close, you're dying. If your eyes close, you're dying. So the only thing I could knew, like I knew to do is I have to keep my eyes open because I need to like fight for every breath, like concentrate on breathing and trying to like figure out because I was, you know, getting faint from losing so much blood. It was hard to breathe. There's all these things where I'm like, man, this is wild. And then we get to the hospital uh you know there's like doctors and nurses all around me i'm staring at them they're staring down at me and at that point i started freaking out like they had an IV in me and like in my arm they were, they had a catheter and it, you know it's because they were draining my kidneys i was stabbing the kidney and they might they thought they might need to do something like i don't know operate internally i'm not sure what
1: yeah, like and, nine, um, nine pokes in your, in your stomach and yeah, your dude. side is, like, so reckless.
0: <laughs> and, and they didn't know where the wounds were at first, so they were just like, this dude's, you know, he's losing a lot of blood, and they were like, I was freaking out. At that point, it was crazy because it was the first time in my life that I felt afraid to die, and I didn't – I mean – it seemed normal that you would be afraid to die, but the way I grew up with the anger and rage and pain and stuff that felt, I didn't care if I lived or died. Like there are many times I considered taking my life and like flirting with suicide. And like, it wasn't really. So I put myself in those situations often because in some ways, like a deep down way or weird way, I kind of wanted things to happen, you know? So now all of a sudden it was like, I'm there. And I'm looking around, and I'm like feeling this fear that I'm dying. It was like, I like realized I didn't not that I'd never really want to die. I just didn't know how to live. Right. So I was like, man, this is, and that was weird to even feel afraid of dying because I thought I wanted to die for so long, you know? And It's hard to, like,
1: it's hard to realize, like, when you you've taken your own life for granted, you know, like, until you're in a situation like that, where you're like, fuck, it really might be gone, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then you have to kind of look at your own mortality and be like, am I a part of this? So, like, I lost my father when I was 12. He got shot, and, (sighs) uh, yeah, he's in a motorcycle gang, and, uh, he lived for a little while after a few months, and, like, he was gonna be paralyzed from neck down, and, like, he was my dad, you know, he's like boxing, martial arts, Ugh. like, uh, and then I had to go with my mom who was like self-destructive, lost, tornado Lisa. And then you just fucking, but losing my father kind of put that, that fear God in me that you were just talking yeah. about. I, I avoided doing kind of what you did, like, except for on my skateboard. Because you, you like <laughs> saw my mom
0: and your dad, you knew that you're just like, that was like that reality of yeah. something like that. Like,
1: I watched my my mom walk into every pitfall and like it wasn't all her fault but a lot of it like it was like her burying her own grave at times you know and then like my dad he just when he passed at 12 that like scared me I was like whoa like here gone type shit you know
0: yeah like here today
1: gone tomorrow you're like puts it into perspective real quick and then I watched my mom just be like the beautiful flower that if could keep it together could be so powerful but then she's just the evil queen you know like self-destructive like that whole thing you know but Uh, so sometimes we get ourselves into those situations like i i I can relate on being depressed and like wanting to end it at times you know i don't know if i ever gone as deep as you did but like i had feelings and like thoughts to myself like you're saying where you're just like what the fuck, you know? Like, does it yeah. one loss after another, you know? Or how do you reverse the ocean tide? It feels, you know. Yeah, that yeah.
0: Fall. And and dude, I mean that. I I mean to be honest with you, it's not like that stuff ever goes away. There's like depression lurking at me, you know, every day lurking, and I, you know, I'm like constantly working through stuff, and I still, especially this last year, there was like crazy triggers with having a kid that had me, and it, like a battle mentally you know and thinking starting to think like suicidal thoughts again like just weird you know where you're like you're aware of the thoughts and you just think man that's that's wild that it's a wild thing to experience feeling like having those thoughts you know so that like that whole thing with mental health and it all connects to skateboarding all of this because that's the thing that that uh, is my, my, my greatest medicine, you know, um, aside like that accompanied with writing and, and whatever. So that well, to be stabbing.
1: Yeah. Hold on. Before we go back, uh, cause I read your book and it was like, it's so true that like, uh, if you can learn to skateboard, and the fundamentals yeah. of skateboard and not give up and like you can learn to create with it. You can apply that to other things in your life, like writing or being a father or whatever you know. So like, Absolutely. that was a good takeaway from the book that I really enjoyed.
0: Yeah. Back
1: um, to the stabbing though, because dude, yeah, so as gnarly as it is, it's entertainment,
0: <laughs> which yeah, is like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. hey, dude, I mean, it's <laughs> wild. It, it's definitely it was a it was an experience, bro. And know, I, I mean. So I'm sitting there, and all of them are around me. I'm feeling, feeling like fearing death. And I thought I heard them talk, trying to get a hold of my mom, saying, you know, like your son's been stabbed, and we don't know, like he's unstable. Basically, we he, don't know if he's gonna make it tonight. Because she probably was just saying, like, I'll come tomorrow or whatever, you know. Yeah, that's um, not a call
1: you want to get. <laughs> uh,
0: but she would still just be like, I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's a whole other story. So. Uh, which she did maybe come later the next day or maybe the following i'm not sure but anyways the yeah. um so the, all that's happening and there was a chaplain that comes in the room and i'm at this point like dude is this how it happens and like because i'm aware of what's going on i wish i was unconscious but i was totally like knew everything uh, i was told i saw everything and um so at that point, I'm like, he's going to come in and pray my last rites. And I wasn't like, I, I didn't grow up in a church or anything like that. So I didn't have any uh, question of uh, higher power because of what things I had to experience and go through. And then um, it, it was just this, whatever. So he comes in and I thought, okay, maybe he's going to pray over me as I die. Is that like, this could be it. And he puts his hand on my head, and he said, everything's going to be okay. So he just comforted me. And I just felt like Oh, I felt like this comfort that I haven't really felt before. It just consumed me. I felt it. So I laid there for the next six and a half hours while the doctors and nurses worked on me. And it turned out I was stabbed nine times. I think I said that. And then I just, dude, and when I went into the recovery room, I had one of my friends who was like, get me my notebook and um, like a pen or whatever. And I'd been dabbling and journaling before that. But after the stabbing, it was like <clears throat> I stopped being around people. I couldn't really I had a lot of PTSD. So I couldn't necessarily like at that point I'd go to skate contests and things like that. And I like the crowds really, it was hard for me. So I skated by myself a lot and I would just write journal, journal, journal. And um, several years after that, I <clears throat> that's when I started writing my first book and it just kind of manifested from there, like would led into my second book. And each one is at a different phase and what made, um, what
1: made you like necessarily want <clears throat> to to do it like write a book and dude i didn't want to write a book no yeah I,
0: no it wasn't like i'm right it wasn't like i'm writing to write a book i was writing to work on myself just to figure out like who i am Like because when i was coming out of the hospital i'm like man i I just let my anger and pain and all of these things control me so much for so many years of my life that I almost ended up dead. And it was like this sense of like, I felt renewed in life being something valuable. Like it's a gift, something to cherish and appreciate. And I was so lost in my own pain that I couldn't see that, you know, I was just in that spiral. And that's when it just, opened me up to going on that journey to try to transform myself, change, learn, deal with my anger, start to like work on and that was what the writing was. It was just where I didn't know I didn't have a therapist or anything like that. That became my therapy beyond skateboarding. And um that was where like several years later I, I was journaling and it somehow like kept going for some reason. It was like a similar thought, like a uh, maybe a message or whatever, and I was like going with it, you know. Oh, and I didn't I wasn't at that point. I wasn't like I'm writing a book. At some point, I was going in this Barnes and Nobles bookstore every day. Um, I'd go out to the beach, watch the sunset, just kind of reflect on things. Go go to the Barnes and Nobles and um, <clears throat> write write. And finally, like one night, a, a person that was working there asked me what I was doing because I was in there all the time. I'd be there till like 11 o'clock at night just writing. And um, at at some point when that happened and she asked me, I just was like, I'm writing a book. And then I finished one day. It just felt like I was done and let a friend read it. And he was like, dude, that's like some good stuff. And it just went from there. And then all along, people have been asking me, are you going to write a book about skateboarding? And it just wasn't there were a lot of things I were was working through and writing. And then the thank you skateboarding book started. It was just like, this is my time for me to write something, not so much of something I'm going through at a phase of my life and working through and processing through. It's just something that I'm doing for the love of writing and skateboarding together, just to, to offer that tribute of, the many ways that skateboarding has carried me and benefited my life and um, continues to benefit my life.
1: Yeah. I liked it because it was general enough. It was personal to your stories, but you weren't, you, you didn't, your story didn't like take over the whole thing. It was general about the concepts of what skating can do for anybody, you know, which was like, and it's, it's amazing that it was well written in the sense that it was an easy read and, it was, if you skateboard, you can connect, you know, and you can reflect and see it, you know?
0: Thank you. And that Um, was the, you know, that was the balance for me because my other books, I peel back the layers more into my stuff and my story. And this one, I was like, I don't want my story to overshadow what the book is. And it's for skateboarding. That's it. It's just that, that tribute. And I feel like it's, it's an honor and privilege because, as a skateboarder I think so many of us can connect and, and appreciate it and it's almost like just putting it into words for all of us because we all think about and feel in so many similar ways on in regards to how much we appreciate it um, yeah. so it's yeah man I'm um I'm stoked I'm stoked to to I was just stoked to to do it and super hyped on people reading it and i feel like the the general vibe on it's been good people have appreciated it and it's uh like i said it's not for me it's for all of us for skateboarding
1: yeah i like the idea of writing a book too because it's like another form of thinking you got to sit there and think about what you're going to say how you're going to say it and then you got to write it down and then you got to edit it down and it's like a nuanced way of thinking about these things and then putting them down so you have like as much clarity as you possibly can before you publish the thing, you know, like yeah, you got to be selective yeah. with your words. You can't, yeah. I like that. It's not that long either. It's only like 65, 60, I wanted to keep it short books, man. or pages.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, I always enjoyed, honestly, I didn't really grow up reading a lot. And then I, I, someone gave me a book when I was shortly out of high school, John Levinson, the Seagull, and it was a short book quick. And I realized, like those are the ones I've read a lot of books over the years, but those are the ones I enjoy the most, just like short, quick and and to the point, especially, you know, um, I I think most skateboarders can relate to that on some levels, just the attention to um, like the pace of things need to be fast, you know? So yeah, um, I just want to keep it short and to the point. And that's part of the, the dance with it. It's like working on a trick and knowing where to just be like, I'm good with that. not like, yeah, that's a fine line, but same thing with that book is there was so many times I just had to take stuff off, peel stuff off. Cause of like, I just want to get it as quick and to the point as, as I possibly can and keep it short. Yeah. You know?
1: Um, to jump around a little bit or to go back. Um, yeah. So being stabbed nine times is the wake is a wake up call. If you, if you caught it and then what's, what's the thing, is it skating? What, what is the life that you've built that like keeps you steady? Because I mean, you have a wife, a kid, right? You're yeah. a kid too. Yeah. Cause there's yep. the thing, what I'm getting at is like, when you have these highs and lows in your life, cause that's what you definitely experience. when you experience really, really lows, you can have really, really highs. And yeah. yeah. Super sporadic. Yeah. It's not a, not a steady drum. Like what helps you keep everything balanced nowadays? Like what's the driving force and like, um,
0: um you know, the s- skateboarding, of course, journaling, I do like other art, but pencils and stuff. I, I like to, and, um, I reflect a lot try to try to give myself that time to you know be quiet there's a you know there's a whole balance of of things um i i appreciate meditating and just whatever i can do man to like keep my cup full and keep my head right and uh having like strong connections to my reasons why to continue to be a better person and keep pushing and, and stay, stay in the right place. You know, it was, a um, there was a student yesterday that asked me, it's like, if life is filled with so much pain, like what, I don't understand if you, if, if you feel like life is just so much pain, she asked me, it was like, I don't understand why it's worth living, you know? And I was like, man, I, I get that. I feel it. And you have to, find those reasons beyond just the gift of life that help give you extra motivation you know yeah you- um, so I, I try to keep a lot of things going man to stay balanced because it is and it's not like I'm there it, it, there is that pendulum and I'm like you know always trying to negotiate and get myself in the red right headspace but it's certainly not like a perfect i don't have a perfect uh i don't think <laughs> you you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> but but to to speak to it man it's like back to skateboarding it, dude it's i'm um, i'm telling you man it, like there are many times in my life where i could honestly say if if i was not skateboarding i'm not sure how strong i would have been mentally to get through the things and i don't know if I would have done it I can't say for sure I would have like ended my life but there are many times where I'm not sure that I wouldn't have honestly as close as I got and um yeah still to this day and like I said like over the you know there's there's postpartum depression that females go through and and after my wife had our child it was like stuff started happening inside me before we had the child and then it was like I was like man I'm kind of dealing with some heavy depression like more heavy depression than I we have in a little while <clears throat> started research a little bit like there's postpartum depression man that things get triggered and but then after the, the birth happened it like hit me heavy and hard where I was like whoa that was but then it, it like so fortunately it was, and it was during the pandemic so I was like even able to escape more and and whatever and it was just like <clears throat> so grateful because uh, there are so many times where really man I I was drowned in and like in in depression in a lot of ways like mentally but I was still keeping it up and I had to have a child now to, to like maintain that um sense of equilibrium and stability for him and be a model you know so internalizing a lot of stuff but skateboarding is that purge Uh, like for real like another time in my life that came to the point where it was like a just like an oxygen mask that i would tap into that kept me breathing
1: yeah it's it's a it's the mind body spirit connection it's the muse it's that thing that you can put your life into and you can do it in any which way you want you can express yourself through it like with your body and your emotions and thinking about the trick and the way you do it. And like, it fully is an act of balance. Like you're, yeah. enga- you're fully engaged with life when you do shit like that. And that, that gives you that like lust for life, you know, cause you're playing yeah. out, you're playing out the drama through like creating an, an art or like a competition or whatever, instead of doing it in a self-destructive way. And that's what yeah. happens. Like when you have, when you're a young kid and things go fucking upside down and you're in the upside down kingdom, Shout-out yeah. Talib Kweli. Uh, yeah. Fucking... Wrong is right and whatever. And at a young age, you already don't really have full control of your gifts, your perception, and you don't have control your thinking or your emotions. And if
0: you don't even know what that is to regulate, it's like it's so much. Yeah,
1: your human human being is so complex. The gifts and the range from heaven to hell that we encompass in each of us is like a full spectrum. And if you don't have control of the gifts, then they can become like a burden. You know, like you can talk shit on your life or talk things into reality or write things into reality like yeah. we're powerful it's hard to admit that you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't even it's hard to face a mirror which is like getting older and growing and your mortality yeah. and facing a mirror and being like how can i be better like what am yeah. i doing that's slowing things down or or uh keeping me in reverse or something you know that's a hard taking thing that, to face
0: taking that accountability uh like realizing that you like you said, you are controlling so much more than you understand. And that's kind of what happened to me at the stabbing where I, I, I saw myself getting myself into that situation. I saw it very clearly how it all happened. It could have been completely diffused. I could have um, easily redirected the situation and probably avoided the whole scenario. It, it was just, but at the same time, it was something that needed to happen to me or for me so it was like it did happen for a reason so there's there's that but it um it made me understand the power of choice you know and from that point on it's not like I changed overnight it was a long process I mean still got into fights and like did it but more and more I started to be able to manage myself and at that time I got heavy into boxing I was still skating uh, like a lot, and I got in a boxing where I was like, I need this extra thing, and I and I really like um, poured into the training, and it was a great like purge to like curb the desire to be violent when I was still practicing that or working through that aggression yeah. with someone else who was managing it, you know, like because you have to manage your emotions when you're fighting in yeah. the ring but you're still working out aggressions at the same time, kind of like skating, you know? Yeah. Um, like you
1: can, you can be as mad as you want. and think you can kick anyone's ass, but if you don't, if you don't manage it and get skills, you're just going to get yeah. your ass kicked by someone yeah, who can dude. manage it and, and have skills.
0: <laughs> yeah. They know what's going on in this situation. Yeah. It's um so it, anyways, I got to a point about the, the violence thing, like realizing power to choose is, <clears throat> so I was in this, uh, funny enough i was out in ebor again years later a couple years later i was probably in my low thir- like 20s or something early 20s and i was with a friend he was drunk i wasn't drinking i was training for a fight coming up and he was like i started this weird bickering with this dude and they start kind of they're both drunk and like blah, blah 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 and i was like dude just get out of here man come on like so i try to break it up and the dude just hit me like it just kind of like soft drunk punch across the face. And at that point I was in really good fighting condition. I was sparring (laughs) with pros all the time. It was just like, I felt very confident in like, my abilities to manage myself in a altercation or any type of like scenario where hands are being thrown,
1: especially like and, a soft um, drunk punch.
0: Yeah. So I do. So what I did is I, <clears throat> I looked at him, I looked at my friend and my friend was just like, Oh shit. He was expecting me like the identity of who I was before that to come out. Right. Like just react and look at him, look at the dude in the moment. It was like this realization of, he, I don't need to fight. Like, I don't have anything to prove to anyone. There's no reason. Like that's, there's no reason to fight unless my life's in danger. If I feel like someone's come really, I'll I'll protect myself. So it was the first time in my life. I walked away from a situation. I looked at him. I looked at my friend and I just smiled at the dude and grabbed my friend and walked away. And it was, I felt more powerful in that moment than any time I ever did in a fight where I hurt someone or whatever it might be because I felt in control of myself and my emotions like I was like oh dude I can I can do anything like I just of course I had the urge to hit the dude but I was able to like all right and I walked away and I felt so good man and that was yeah. the last time I ever got into a street fight I, I just like I don't i know when it's about to happen i know signs early, way early before it's even getting to that point or i know myself or my feelings or any of my radars start going off internally where i fear the lion scratching at the the cage i'm out i'm just like i'm not even gonna let the paw come out it's so it's just an easier thing to manage but it feels good to be in control of that and and manage those those emotions because it's not easy
1: that's a really valuable lesson to learn in life is to be able to get to that point where you realize like you can discipline yourself enough that you don't have to be reactive to someone else's crazy shit, you know? And, uh, yeah. I had a moment like that sort of, uh, I don't know if it was like that, but I've had a bunch of weird moments in my life too. It's crazy how similar our stories are like, um, I used to box when I was younger, younger a little bit. Yeah. I rode bikes for a little bit. I just, and then I got into skating. Um, and then my mom and my dad, like, uh, when did
0: you start skating?
1: When I was like 12 going on 13. That's right. Right about the time when my dad got shot. And then I went and lived with my mom in the projects in New Bedford. And that's when I found skating. And that was, like, my mom's worst time was right there, but luckily I had skating, so I had that, like, hey, this is going to get me away from this house and, like, away from the drama yeah. and the chaos, and it was, like, my vehicle to, like, go explore and do other shit and figure out what I feel and what I think and, like, what yeah. I'm made out of, so, like, I was thankful for that, um, but I had a moment. So
0: you just get on your board and just disappear, just gone.
1: Dude, I would That's, skate yeah. all day and I, I was, didn't want to go home, you know? Um same. And then, uh, but I had this moment not that long ago where I had a GoPro on a gimbal and I was like filming my homies, filming a vlog. And we're in, I don't know what city we're in, maybe Providence or New Bedford or somewhere. And I see this dude walking up because I grew up like you around violence and chaos. And you start to recognize it a lot earlier than other people when you're on the streets. Like I'm very acute of like a situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I know when, and this dude, like I see him coming up. And he sees the camera and he like starts getting excited cuz he thought I was going to be like play into film him or something and I just looked at him and then he just came up to me and was like Ugh! like yelled in my face and like flinched and I didn't even move and I was just like and he just like walked away and I was like oh he just did that cuz he realized I saw him out in midday and he was all high and on drugs and out of control And like, I wasn't playing into it. He thought I was just gonna be like into it, you know? And I was just kind of like watching him like, yo, you might be dangerous. And he got so mad at me just for, I didn't say anything to him. He walked right up to me and like tried to scare me. And I was like, doesn't work, dude. And then he just like walked away, you know what I mean? I was like, wow, he noticed it. Like, we didn't say any words either. Yeah. And I was like, wow, he was just so lost. And I actually had a purpose that day because I was out filming, having fun, you know? That like my reflection, like, Looked bad on him to him, you know. It's like I recognized him and he realized it, and it was like it was all without words. And he he
0: wanted to bring you to his level, yeah. He thought he saw that mirror where he felt worse about the scenarios. It, yeah,
1: yeah. He was just like insecure after he realized I noticed him because most people probably just entertain him because they're intimidated, you know. I've been around abusive people like that that are on drugs, and like you just get it's get weird, you know, like, yeah. (laughs) yeah that was a weird situation
0: (laughs) it's weird for that to be comfortable too you know i'm saying like it's a weird thing to be comfortable in certain situations that not everyone is comfortable in it's not a good thing by any means because that means you've been exposed to certain behaviors and scenarios so much that it's kind of your normal you know yeah It's, it's weird
1: it's there's a predator relationship with with ghettoness too. Like you, they search each other out. Misery loves company. Like yeah, like search for the they like they probably saw that I like because I'm an open person and uh I had some dysfunction. I kind of wear shit on my sleeves, much like you. You know, like I talk yeah. about things. I'm open. Like I feel like if I can express myself and express what I've been through, I can heal from it. You know, and like you know yeah. just in a but people that are still in it they recognize it in you you know <laughs> yeah and vice versa, well so.
0: <laughs> and it's um you know like realizing that that is not normal like the dysfunction it's like because that's the thing that's most comfortable when you grow up and that that becomes your point of comfort and like re- like uh i guess your normal your yeah. new normal yeah so, dude, for like for dating relationships and, in like intimate relationships, that's been a, that was such a journey for me to work through, to get to a place where I could understand and, and learn. And my six books, a lot about this healing the wounded child within. but like to, to understand what is healthy and what's not like my default of what I would want things to be comfortable. Cause there are many times in my life where I create, uh, like Drama, if you were just create tension, just because that feels more normal to me, and it's something that I always have to be mindful of. You know, especially now with my wife, we're open about it and like really good at communicating with each other. So, if I do start to default into that mode, I recognize it as quickly as I possibly can to redirect myself because that is like when we're developing and we're understanding the reality of the world and relationships, all that becomes our framework,
1: you know, Yeah, and we're connected to the lineage and a spirit. And if that spirit doesn't resolve its issues, it's carried forward with you. You know, like we're imitating little creatures when we're born, you know, like we're our lights and perceptions, lights, camera, action, everything turns on. You can hear, you can see, you can learn to speak. And if you don't have control of your gifts and your take you, all you have is chaos and people around you without control of their environments or their gifts, then it's just like you know a lot of crazy shit happens people are no discipline if you don't have discipline and you're a powerful creature you can be like powerfully destroying things and saying things that are fucking things up and doing things so it's like yeah yeah if that carries forward if you don't bat like you got to battle those things and
0: dismantle it and recreate the whole, whole thing and um you know that's like that's been one of my big biggest motivations for a long time is to break the cycles you know like that's like i i feel right now with my son for example i feel like such a high honor and privilege to be in a scenario where i can literally see a cycle stopping with with me you know and recreating a whole new cycle of individuals that will come from here you know that's awesome that
1: makes perfect sense dude because if yeah. i could if i had the chance to be reflective enough to realize my evils and things i have to deal with and my burdens and then i had life that i could project the best of myself and then yeah. let, see what they do with that those ideals and yeah you know like and be able to be a power for good that's like the ultimate thing you know
0: and what's crazy is when it comes down to it, how simple it is, you know, like it is him always knowing I love him and I'm here for him and he has his needs met and that he's supported and I believe in him, you know, is like, it sounds so simple because it is, but when people aren't in the, like you said, control their gifts and their potential and the right place and have their own stuff that that they're carrying forward they don't necessarily project that onto the young people and and then um so yeah it's like as long as i do that then happy and healthy is is the goal but i feel like he's going to do the rest you know with his own potential and his gifts and what he's here to do but
1: yeah just the fact that you can give him like a health healthy environment where he can develop and see where he can go is like yeah you know as well as I do how valuable that could be, you know?
0: Yeah, because think about as a young person how much extra energy you had to put on survival. (laughs) Like, where are you going to eat? Where are you going to get school clothes? Where, Like, what just... And is all the, the insecurity, like, all the, the insecurity, insecurity,
1: depression, loneliness—that like just dude. sucks your energy, man. It just sucks your energy, and some yeah. of it is—it's insane, dude. <laughs>
0: yeah. And imagine if you death,
1: are same, same, and like it's if you can same, dude. Like um we all have to go through this like maturing and understanding and reflecting ourselves. And it's hard. Yeah. You know? I watch like family members, sometimes families even the worst to each other. Cause you guys are so close. So everything's yeah. so dramatic. And so like, like you're my sister, how could you say that? Or you're my so-and-so, how could you do that? And it's like, then that gets twisted, you know? And it's like, yeah, yeah, dude, life is complex. And let's be honest. Like, the world's not set up to help us like <laughs> there's Dude, so that's many people say like <clears throat>
0: just because I, I wanted to say that too don't get it twisted just because you know you and i may have had some dysfunction and some you know challenging circumstance environment it, even if someone has the the most ideal environment life of and in itself is a is a challenging uh journey It's like, there's no easy part about it. There's always something that comes or, you know, sometimes it would be like, maybe someone does have that great environment and loving and supportive, and then they lose a parent early in life. And that just distorts the whole thing. So what at life in general, and like you said, the emotions and the things that we have to figure out and deal with and process and understand and find our way through and our identity with Is it's complicated and challenging, regardless of I think whatever the environment is. It's just a some different. And, yeah, like your
1: starting you know. point your starting point doesn't guarantee that it's gonna be a beautiful life. Like yeah. you could, so many more ways to fuck it up than there is to get it right. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like and you could have tons of money and all the security, but no one no focus, no drive, or you could just be yeah. you could you know what I mean? Like those things could bury you. Like with my mom, I always was like even if she had all the things, she might've just squandered it all. Like maybe that's why I'm in this situation is that she was spoiled and didn't discipline. Like I think about my mom all the time. Cause I don't really know her story. I was just like, she had five kids with three different men and it, like, she did drugs the whole time until she died. Like it was heavy, dude. When she passed away, she oh, was so
0: your mom, your mom died also. Yeah. Or she passed?
1: passed. Yeah. You want to hear something crazy? Ricky is a uh... drugs uh she did drugs her whole life man she had like and she had cancer in her nose they had to take out like a huge portion uh, of her nose that like made her kind of look deformed for a little while and then like she just did drugs her whole life like she had bouts where yeah. she'd be all right she had a heart she had a heart attack she didn't even know like after she died they're like yeah she had multiple heart attacks like she just like um my mom was a tough person <laughs> to say the yeah. least but um yeah she just passed away, man and like uh she was on her knees like she was in front of her computer and she slid down on her knees, which is like real ironic, you know, and uh I think what really did it was like my mom like would, Lisa was amazing like when she was at her best, but like she has some crazy shit that happened in her life like I don't really know what's true like I heard she might have been molested from her father and like yeah. And like my nana doesn't really talk too much about it like i don't know how to do it but like my my mom was just running wild her whole life and um i think what really buried her though was like she when you are running wild like that making mistakes and like and it's not all your fault like she was stuck on broken she was stuck on stupid like she was like she had real rewiring issues that she needed counseling and in like the state like arrested her and like they put her in like uh, the medical system, like turned her into like giving her drugs and like it didn't help her. And like, they kind of took advantage of my family on some level, but, um, like we're willing participant, but it's like, takes two to tango type shit. Um, and like, I think what really did her in is like when you're like that, man, like you burn so many bridges, it's like everything around you, destroy every relationship. And then when you decide you want to try to right the ship, it's like, well, now you have to pay for all your crimes you know and it's like that yeah. could that could bury like the sorrow in that the when you, to get reflective and realize all the damage you did like and you're like oh most of a lot of this is like me not reversing the tide of the ocean which is hard to fault yourself again but like my mom had to deal with all that like her broken relationships and all the things she did and said and like could have done and like I think that's like what did it because towards the end of her life she was doing a lot better and she was trying to find balance through my nieces and nephews and like trying to be good to them and like trying to mend relationships but it's really hard to do you know like yeah it's fucking insane the ride is insane you know and now when, yeah. my, when my mom passed man i hate to say it but i felt like a sense of relief because like I was worried about her my whole life, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my whole life, wow. I just had this worry about my mom that I'm just like, and even now it doesn't go away. I think us having this conversation really helps me right now. Cause when I was driving good, here, man. yeah. When I was driving here, I was thinking about her and I was just getting sad about like, like if, how much was I a participant in this, you know? And then like talking to you and bringing it all up, it kind of helps me like sort through the waters again, you know?
0: Yeah. It's yeah. hard
1: because you bury these things and they don't come up until like.
0: No, and it's not your fault. There's nothing yeah. you could have done different because the, the truth of it is that I have a sister that passed away of OD and um, it's like carrying that shame and guilt becomes like, like, what could I have done different if you could have helped your mom or whatever it might be. But the, the like we connect back to earlier is understanding our individual power to choose how we react to situations what we do with our life all those things is it we can't make anyone do anything you know like you could have called your mom every day five times a day to try to encourage her to do certain things and if she didn't want to she wouldn't have done it and um you know, cause I have some friends that, you know, in much respect to anyone battling addiction and continue to push through and like staying clean for today and trying yeah. to you know, stay at that battle. And, and um, because it's a real thing, you know, I have some friends that have uh, found some like their way through heavy addiction and I've seen it and I've like been there to where like it's, like one friend specifically, that I know that we were able to reel with each other and deep about it because I was trying to understand what he was going through. And it would be like he was one of the strongest, most he is one of the most strongest, like respectable type people. And when his addiction took over, it was like so many things about who he was was gone. And um, he's he's clean. I think he's going on maybe 10 years now or whatever. But, dude, I saw I got to a point where I saw I saw him dying either any day because there are several people we knew that were O.D. And like it was just even being at their funerals, it wouldn't change him. It, it would like he was withering away. And it was just like and then when I saw that, I'm like, dude, all these other people I don't know like I know him and i know how like i know his strength deep down so that gave me a different appreciation I'm like this is real because he's being honest with me about how hard it is to try to like get through this um so
1: that's a hard realization to is to know yeah, that no that they're sh- that they're struggling like it's yeah. hard cuz you want to blame them cuz you're like fuck yeah. you could just do the right thing and it's yeah, like
0: yeah but it's it's like i saw uh uh meme the other day it was like you don't really understand mental health unless you have mental health issues, you know? Um, and it's like, I think addiction's the same way, just because I never had that like thing that got me in the same way that it did them. Does not I, I was like more like you with the violence with your father. I saw my father's real life get ruined from addiction. And I kind of like, I was really strange about anything I tried along the way just because of that fear of being like that. Yeah. Um so, anyways, back to it, it, it got, from what I understood with him, is he had to get to a point where he wanted it for himself. Like basically they call it rock bottom, and people hit rock bottom over and over again. But he got to that point where he wanted to do it for himself. And it, it's like your your mother, she that if she didn't get to that point to want to do it for herself, my sister or whatever, whoever, it's like we can't control that, you know? And um it's another thing i think that i find like it's important to find compassion for those people that aren't controlling it or making that choice to do things for themselves regardless if it's addiction or whatever it is because um like you say your mom had five kids and then sometimes i look at the scenario with my dad with six kids and my mom was like, not educated look at the i look at the circumstances from the outside and i'm like the real truth is if I'm being real about it, I don't know if I could have done any better. You know what I'm saying? Like I like to think I would have done better because of my drive to be who I am now and who I want to continue to become. But the truth is, I don't know, bro. You know, (laughs) it's like having that level of compassion for, for them too. I think it just has helped me over the years to like kind of, relieve some of the burden of carrying that resentment or whatever it might be
1: no yeah i agree man that's definitely a good thing i try to do that with my mom a lot but it's just like you
0: know You
1: know, but I think that too I'm like I don't know if I'm any better like six kids it was different times so they had a whole different set like think about what we've lived through in the last 10 years like they did that too back then there was our whole world was probably scaring them setting them up like overselling them shit so they're buried in things or like there's expectations and it's like everything's sold we live in a crazy place America I love it very much it's the wild west you know but like with freedom comes the freedom to be wrong too and there's like excess of everything and like yeah man there's wolves out there that was what i learned when like i saw my mom on drugs and then i saw like what happened to my dad is like there's naive people that aren't aware that there's real violence and dysfunction and then if you grow up in it you're aware of that fully you know like so I've always been, like, questioning and watching things and being like, yeah, there's real violence and where real people out there that take advantage of situations and make money off of things and, like, do shady yeah. shit. And, like, it's fucking insane, the whole thing, to be honest. But, like, so I, th- I think about that with my mom and my dad. I'm like, they just grew up in a different time. Like, it was a whole different set of problems, a whole different thing. Like, Yeah right now is like hard enough to stay on the right path you need like so many reminders you got to like have a lot of it's the more people you have in your life that love you and you're connected to and engaged with like the more reminders you have that like things are worth the effort and the worth the squeeze because like there's setbacks all the time dude like everyone can relate to this you know it's like you're building something you're creating something and then the world goes upside down and then you're like fuck i gotta restart or oh i gotta like figure out a way to survive this thing and you get through with the fucking teeth of your skin and then six months later a year later there's another fucking thing that just mass hysteria that everyone's going you're like what are we doing dude i'm just trying to keep like (laughs) just one life is hard to manage let alone being this connected and being able to take in everything and see everything and hear everything and like if you have bad impulses and like the things you consume become you and like this yeah. digital age is intense, Ricky.
0: <laughs> it is. It's wild, man. Well, and back to the, you know, like with people who don't like, who are still dealing with stuff or like our parents who didn't make the best choices at different times in our life, it's when I mean, you talk about that lineage and the cycles, the the, the reality is, and, and another thing I like to be a compassionate for is to work on yourself to heal your wounds from like your childhood or whatever it might be, because like hurt people do hurtful things uh, wounded people make bad decisions. It's like this chain, this chain of events, this cycle to, to really get deep and do the work is it's, it's intimidating. It's overwhelming. It's, it's scary. It's there's so many things involved in doing it. So I can appreciate the apprehension, like your mom, for example, I could appreciate, you know, the, the inability to get out of those cycles, if you will, because it, when you're so deep and you continue to get deeper and deeper, it's, it just gets harder and harder to untangle. You have to fight so many yourself things. yourself out, yeah, man. You can't. You it's, don't
1: have the energy and time to fight all these ghosts and things yeah. that you're hanging on to. Like you got to let them yeah. go somehow. And it's like, it's crazy because your thoughts and your emotion hang on to these things because they're so important in the moment, but they might not be good yeah. for you. And it's like you gotta, you gotta somehow realize like when things are. Not good for you to somehow figure out a way to let them go, which is like yeah. because of skateboarding, like you said, like that physical activity, that mind, body, yeah. spirit, because you're using your mind and your body, and it's something creative, and you like stay fully engaged. Then you can kind of be free and in the moment. You don't have to like, for sure, yeah. It's hard because we hang on to things because we define ourselves and all that things. You know, like, yeah, we're in perpetual motion, man. You know, like we're yeah. f- hurling through space on a rock and every set, what are they? Every seven years we're something new, like material, like our bodies are new, you know? Fucking insane. It's It's a wild ride. (laughs) And we all go through that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man. I try to take time to, to, that's why I said in the beginning. I try to take time and and be quiet and, and, you know, like just be still because things get the motion of society, civilization, like responsibility, just the motion of life in general. it, It gets, um, Chaotic, and that's bringing it back to skateboarding with the mind, body, spirit thing. is like it's a movement meditation. You know, you just get into that that motion, and like there's a when I go skating, I there's this level of separation that happens for me from everything else. And sometimes, you know, I, I I'll, I'll feel guilty sometimes because I don't talk. as like you know, I've always been that way when I'm skating. I. I don't stop a lot to like hang out and talk with people sometimes. And it's not that I'm antisocial or anything. I'm just like I get into that mode, and it's that release that I like into and, and need to be in for my own like mental stability, you know. But it, it is that like mind body spirit connection that you're just. I love to be immersed in it.
1: Yeah. It's something about getting your heart going, breaking a sweat and be working on something that's just like is intoxicating. You can just do it for hours, you know?
0: I love battles, man. I don't, it's like, I just, it's something, uh, something about it. I've always been that, like, the only thing hard for me about battles is I, once I'm in it, like, I, I can't leave it. It's just this, like, I get fixated. My mind is fixated to where... It's like even when I leave it for the day, it doesn't stop. When I leave it for the day, I've been, <laughs> I've been so
1: bitter. I've been so, <laughs> so bitter.
0: <laughs> but until I can get back and go at it again, and then like there's some days where like hesitant because I'm like, man, do I want to get into it again? Because I know once <laughs> I start, but then once I start, I but there's nothing. It, I, I it, the it, coming out victorious. After a long battle, that roll away is just, you know, uh, everyone listening knows that feeling is beyond anything.
1: Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I'll I'll fucking, it's been a while since I've like really focused and filmed a trick. I've been like a lot of skateboard lessons and filming and just kind of butt sliding with kids down ramps and shit because whatever that's what they need to do so dude like, oh. i love that <laughs> but uh yeah but i'm like because i had a hurt shoulder for a while i had a filmer injury um ricky just like filming and slammed which is as i get older i'm 39 now so like i don't get to be the pro skater as much now i'm more like the filmer and the like I get it. i'm
0: 45 man so i
1: dude. congrats
0: <laughs> yeah man it's you so it's a uh, skating injury. Tell me, tell me about that. How that, or a filming injury? How'd it happen?
1: Oh, dude, I've had multiple injuries, but this partic- particular one was my shoulder. I was just like filming. I was like, Were chasing. You following someone. It was actually two different things. We drove to Maine. We took three, uh, we drove three hours to old orchard, Maine. I rented a van. I got like all the flow kids from my skateboard company, all I need. And, uh, I got a van. And I got all the like, uh, their skateboard lesson kids, kids that grew up, like their parents brought to them, and did lessons for years. Nice. I was like, well, let's so go. They're on,
0: your, they're on your team now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. Flow
1: Riders, We I, got, I actually just bought a van so we could do more skate trips because I was like, oh, we nice. got to invest in this. So I got the van and like, I got them all to go to Old Orchard Beach, Maine to a skate park fundraiser. And uh, I took one slam because I usually MC the contest. But like they are like, you gotta take a run. So I was like, I'll take a run. And then, of course, I slammed in that. And then, because I drove three hours and didn't really skate. And then I just ate shit. And All then, of a sudden, uh,
0: it's took a run after. The,
1: <laughs> dude. After filming, like, 13-year-olds and, like, driving. Oh, and like, I was like, okay. And I was, like, hoping my reflexes would just carry me. But didn't happen. Uh, and then, also. Dude, I was, those
0: warm-ups are real important as you get older, huh?
1: Amen, the, dude.
0: For real, dude. Especially
1: especially like I've like I got paid to like just skateboard for a long chunk of my life so like I like felt like I have things on lock you know but as I get older and like I don't get those warm-up ins, it's like I think yeah. I have these things but then I learned the hard way I don't have them anymore without that warm-up so it's like it's like muscle memories gone sort of or going tumbling
0: yeah it is
1: definitely and then uh the other one was a filmer slam i was filming with my gopro my gimbal and i just like was at a new park and it had one of those like concrete humps that i didn't really Mm -hmm. see because it's white concrete and i just like hit it without realizing and just straight to my shoulder so i had that and then and then i went and did a front 180 over a pyramid at a new park and it was slippery but not the slippery i was used to and i ate, ate it on my tailbone um so i haven't really focused on filming or like doing a trick that like i want to work on you know like i've just been gotcha. having a lot of riding around and like being silly but like i can't wait because i'm almost better like i feel almost 100 i feel like in a week i'll be like ready to like focus on something and actually like film something i'm stoked on even if it's just like a park clip or like anything yeah. some sort yeah. of progression even if it's a flat ground trick that i like hadn't popped like the way I wanted in a long time you know yeah I miss sometimes
0: it's um like that letting yourself get to that place where you're like all right let me assess where I'm at right now not like where I was or what I was doing or whatever just like where I'm at like what do I feel comfortable doing now and then build fall in love with that progression part again like build from there and just kind of like put together a whole new puzzle you know which is That journey is a lot of fun, man. That's where I started like a couple years back. I was, I think I was turning 42 or something maybe. And I realized like, man, I don't even have 42 tricks anymore. I was like, that's, and I wasn't happy with that. So that's where I'm like, okay, I'm going to humble myself and like, not let my mind get apart, like going into like certain things that like, I think I could do or used to be able to do or where whatever I used to be able to do, whatever, just like concentrate now. And then let me like get comfortable and build that foundation back up. And the goal was like, I want to get 42 tricks by the end of this year. I want to like be in that place. And then just kind of gave myself that momentum and drive to first humble myself, but then start putting the puzzle back together. But it's like kind of come back together in a, in a different way but it it, dude it's been it's been awesome and I would even like because I got to the point where I wasn't skating hard enough regularly enough to like have tricks I wanted to have locked down or anything like it was a weird thing where I was like oh man I should have this unlocked, but I don't and then that's things start falling away and it was um it that's where I'm like you know I want to just feel comfortable in certain things and almost started more. Like if I did 10, 15 Ollie manuals in a row, I would just like do that. Just, just like, kind of, you know, like building those, uh, like foundation fundamentals down again to like work with, and then just get that because I could still skate and do stuff, but it wasn't, wasn't feeling comfortable on the board, even when I would do. it. Does that make sense? It was no, like it yeah. just didn't feel like how I wanted it to feel, how it felt at one time for me, like that level of control and like where and whatever that is for each person individual is different. But um, so yeah, that's where it, when that happened at 42, it just was like, man, I, I don't even have 42 tricks right now, and, it, <laughs> and that was my that was my driver to challenge myself to do that
1: yeah you wow. gotta do things like that just to keep yeah. the, keep the motion moving i do like yeah. skateboard skateboard lessons for that reason because it's like i get to hang out with a kid or someone i I do lessons for all ages but i do them on like saturday and sunday i carve it out just because i'm like it's good for me to like meet someone and to like try to remember to balance and push like I get a lot of beginners and it like helps keep me with a solid foundation my center of balance and right. my, my push and then I get to like talk them to, so I'm like constantly thinking about those things you know it's just like that's when you get cool. when you get an injury though it's just like that's when you need to take the time off and that's yeah. where I, I have a hard time because yeah. it's like so fun you're like I'm all I'm right near a big skate park I have so many friends who skate it's like really hard that's why i do so many other things i like film i'll edit yeah. I'll record podcasts like just anything to like talk about skating or have something in motion it's like it's fun you know like this whole skateboard world is so fun to be a part of it's insane man. i love
0: it and i yeah. love what you're doing too man Appreciate and that. you know the um the injuries is like one thing that's been when i get injuries now that has helped me more than it has in the past. Like, if I get injured now, I'll just like, I'll focus on it like it's a trick I want to get, where I'm like, I'm going to be super diligent about my recovery, my whatever I need to do to help speed up the process or whatever, and like kind of have fun with it in a weird way. Uh, because in the past, it's like you just keep trying to skate, even if you're hurt, it's like it does, you don't ever. I wasn't disciplined enough, like you were talking about discipline earlier. I wasn't disciplined enough to give myself the time I need to break or like take care of myself and rehabilitate. So that's 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 uh, it's good that you're taking that time.
1: It's yeah. a good thing. It's so easy to, like, ignore the pain, too, you know, especially if you're, like, if you grew up, like, we did, where you're, you're, like, kind of, like, not just physical pain, but emotional pain. It's, like, easy to get used to those things, and, like, there's levels and everything. You can just sit in these levels and, like, slowly sink and sink and sink. It's really hard to, like, realize, like, oh, I need, like, that negative space. That's a thing, too, that I did that really helped me, that I need to do, again, is, like, I went in one of those, like, um, sensory deprivation tanks. Oh,
0: dude, I like
1: does yeah because it makes yeah. sense like you're always turned on your lights yeah. are always on you can always hear you can always like feel gravity but like in that tank it's like you cut off all those senses you have a negative space so your body gets to relax your mind can unwind because you like can't really your hearing in your sight is kind of blinded so you're like you just have that negative space everything's always on you know so it's like yeah it's nice to get that. Like there's things you can do. I had a gym membership for a long time too. And I think I, I do still have it, but the gym's kind of falling apart. So I might have to find another gym, but like swimming. And then like, uh, if I have to become the dude at the gym working out just to keep shredding, I'm going to be that guy. So (laughs) like as a kid, it's like, you don't think about that. You're like, Oh, I'm never going to do that. I'll just skate my way into fitness, you know? But diminishing returns my friend at some point
0: (laughs) well and those like uh, cross training exercise stuff are are good you know i i have a a gym membership primarily for the pool because the things i do there as far as fitness goes i can do at home but it's for the pool and the sauna like that's and and they have a jacuzzi there but like even swimming laps is that quiet and then the sauna it's that 15 minutes sitting in there where it's just most of the time quiet and dark and and it's super good for recovery too for me i, yeah. love, I love the sauna for like my muscles and neck and back and stuff like that you but. can
1: like really stretch out and see where the aches and pains Dude, are on, yeah like know what you got to nurse afterwards basically yep.
0: Yeah, yeah that's
1: the best man so i guess uh what's what's going on now like what's the future what are we working at what are we aiming at like what's the next thing for you man
0: um You know, I'm just, I'm still trying to, the last few books I've had kind of back to back. So at this point I've, I've given myself a little space to really nurture, thank you, skateboarding, continue to share that and and get that out there and, um, independently published. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I had a publisher for the first five books and then they went out after like 10 years and i was able to get my rights back to those and re-release them independently and when i did that i fell in love with the control i had over the whole situation and i was with a publisher long enough to learn like the cycle and like i just put myself on the same program that they would put me on if i was going into production like the timelines and stuff you're a skateboarder. So, you
1: probably just like uh, learn and adapt. You learn know.
0: learn it. That's it, man. And I, but I love, yeah, I love the control of it. And because, dude, I almost lost my first five books. It was Whoa. like all of a sudden they were going out of business. And if I wouldn't have gotten my rights back before they folded, all of those books, like ten years of my pretty much myself put into pages, would have been um out of print i wouldn't have been able to to publish them again at least not under the same titles so uh that was sketchy but it worked out and i'm stoked um yeah independently published and i and i love it
1: that's awesome man and um family's good and yeah just working and family and skating
0: yeah man just and uh like that's, that's the, that's the, that's, that's definitely having the kid is that new, like whole new motivation of being better and do, doing better and just wanting to be a good example for him and raise, raise him up to, to like lift him up really, you know, and continue to pour into that. And yeah, man, still skating, writing all the time. And, do you, um,
1: do you have any like talks or anything coming up and how did actually be, uh, to get into it? Like, how do you get into doing that? Like, that's a thing that's like, you got to really want to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like,
0: um, dude, honestly, I didn't want to do it for a, a long time. I, w- Cause like when you have uh, the first few books as they were out, especially the first one, people would hear about it and it'd be like, Hey, do you want to come and talk at this thing or whatever? And I was super nervous for a while and I turned turn down a lot of like a lot of them at first. And then yeah, at some I some see
1: that I could see like being nervous in a situation where someone much yeah. talk and like not really knowing what to do or how to do it.
0: Yeah, I didn't. I so that at some point I started saying yes and decided I had to make myself uncomfortable and get through it, and work through it um, like skateboarders do, you know, when uh, it's and as time went on. Um, I just fell in love with it, man. I just become, became more and more comfortable with it for, before, uh, COVID, I was doing a lot of stuff in schools for my fifth book. It's, I dedicated it to youth. Um, oh,
1: that's so cool. You're going to schools.
0: Yeah. That was like, and then the pandemic happened. It was like, I went to one talk at high school that all the kids at school got a book and I didn't know that was going to be my last one. And then the, that happened just shut down that whole momentum. So this past. Yesterday, what's today? What thir- what's Thursday. Thursday? Wednesday? Yep. Was it Wednesday? Yeah, yesterday was my first talk since the pandemic. What? Um, and it was just a like a school, a counselor at a school reached out to me, and um yeah, so that it, that stuff that happened organically, and then there were times where, like, I had gone in the school systems, gotten programs approved, and things like that. Like as things started to evolve, uh, and like you know, the book got approved in a few different, uh, like, uh, school districts. Um, So I got funding to put those into, like, kids' hands and stuff. So it's just been, like, piecing it all together over Mm -hmm. the years. And, but dude, I, like, I missed it a lot. So I was really stoked to, to be back in, into it uh, yesterday. That's, um, so we'll just see what happens next. There's, like, this whole journey I've been on, once I went like full throttle and like full commitment to my speaking and books and things like that has just been, it's been a ride and I have no clue ever how things are going to work out or what they're going to do. Cause I don't have like that consistent state, like, you know, like plan of what's going to happen, but it's things have worked out and they continue to. So I'm super grateful.
1: Yeah, I think as long as you just continue to be you and follow that thread and, like, keep developing and stay open to ideas and be positive, like, things come and go in your life and you'll stay afloat. Like, I try to do the same. Like, I have a general direction. I try to have a lot of reminders of what I'm aiming at so I don't get lost. And then there's ups and downs. And, like, if you're open enough and willing enough to try to see the ups more than the down like you can you can do that and things will work out you know but it's just like having that faith in uh in yourself and trying to take a control of your gifts and like keep it going is like Sometimes you just gotta you just gotta grind your way through it, dude. Yeah, man. That's <laughs> Sometimes it, man. you know? Keeps
0: showing up every day, and um, you know, and that's like life in general. I, I tell people all the time. I tell some of my friends, like, man, if you, you know, as you get older, you can look back on your life and you see how different things worked out, like opportunities presented or whatever, and it's like, man, you, uh, you end up with so much proof right like that dude things work out man like it's gonna be good you're like you look like really you're like you have years of proof of it like look you're here now like somehow some ways so you know like things have worked out and uh but it's easy for us to forget that Uh, we get we feel the pressure of the world and society and like where we think we should be or these ideas of what we should have or not have whatever it might be and then then like we it like breeds that sense of anxiety and depression or whatever but it's always important to for us and and i'm just speaking to myself as a reminder too because it's easy to get caught in that loop but it's it's just important i always try to look at like man it's there's plenty of proof on the table that things always work out and things continue to, for all of us, you know, if if we're, if we made it this far in life, wherever we are, whatever is age, we're, you know, we're doing, we're doing good. And that's enough for me to, to admire in anyone. Because like we started, we said earlier on in the, the conversation, life isn't easy, man. And it's much respect to everyone who keeps showing up and keeping up the good push and getting through the best, best way any one of us can.
1: Yeah, man. Amen, dude. Totally agree with that. The The majority of the reason I film my YouTube channel is because of that. I'm like, I've done it for like over 10 years now. And when I go back and watch them, I'm like, oh, these are just good times with good people. Like my That's life awesome, is not man. bad. you like, it's hard to really be ungrateful. Same with the podcast too. Like, and I imagine like writing books, it's like you capture those moments and you have these, yeah. remi- those reminders that are anchors that pull you back to like where you should be or where you're trying to be or like, yeah. The same concept man yeah, yeah. Ricky. and it's
0: weird because like as people we always it's like we lose that touch with ourselves because we're always pushing for that next thing or want that next where we're like um even with skating sometimes i'll tell people who are like learning stuff like dude we have to remember when you talk about you you work with kids so you see it all the time they're like The fact of, like, learning to drop in for the first time is so frightening, man. It's, like, such a scary thing. Or even, like, the first time you're learning to ride on a skateboard and, like, put both feet on and roll. And, like, trust that glide, you know? Um, But, like, it's, like, like you said, we started in the beginning with, like, Lights, Camera, Action, Go. So for any of us to be wherever we're at in our life, like I said, deserves respect and and appreciation and like, um, yeah, just uh, admiration, really. Yeah, well, same, dude.
1: I appreciate there's people out there that share their story and share what they're learning and uh, continue to grow, man. So I appreciate your hard work. And uh, I thank you for coming on the show. And I thank skateboarding for producing people like us <laughs> and Dude, yeah. the awesome people out there that I know through skateboarding, all of them. And, uh, yeah, uh, we'll have to do this again, man. We'll give it some time and then, uh, we'll catch up again.
0: Awesome, man. Thanks so much for what you do and continue to do man. It's good stuff. All yeah, no, I need. Yeah. Hell yeah.
1: If you're ever out this way, man, hit me up. Cause, uh, we got the edge indoor skate park right near me. It's like basically three skate parks. It's an indoor park, but it's huge so in the winters and then we got tons of skate parks and street spots and we, i'm near boston uh i'm like four hours from new york i'm right near providence a lot of skateboarding to be had so if you're out this way hit me up
0: dude same thing if you get in that van with the with the team and you guys start heading down to the east coast for real <laughs> i plan i plan on Let it. you know i have some people in atlanta that you know i'm sure you have people all along the way to connect with but um yeah man
1: for we sure. will. Let yeah, we know. will. Definitely. We're going to make our way, dude. <laughs> um, Love all, it. all right. Um, I guess last thing too, man. Um, do you have uh, somewhere if people want to check out your books, uh, like a, a website, social yeah. media is anything um, that, cause we talked about your books a lot. So like, if someone wants to check them out,
0: probably the, the best place that probably works out the best for me is, um, Amazon just like oh, put sick. in like, thank you, skateboarding, Amazon. And, um, that that'll come up or put in my name ricky roberts the third the all the books will come up but yeah just put in thank you skateboard in there but it's available anywhere pretty much books are sold online but i always direct people to amazon just kind of works out
1: yeah man cool well thanks ricky yeah thanks so
0: much man thanks again for having me